Welcome to the Avance Podcast. I'm Dan. I, I don't accept this. <laughs> <laughs> I refuse. I want to say the letters. Welcome to Avance Podcast. <laughs> I never make a transition easy. But now, now I'm the talent, so I'm a diva. You got your special M&M's. Okay, first of all, I ordered the M&M's for you. I wanted the pretzels. I, I mean, okay, I got pretzels. We got really good pretzels, too. Yeah, so I, we, there was no green room. I mean, this place sucks. <laughs> <laughs> well, the good news is, is we're still brought to you by, guess what, Avance. <laughs> wow, that's, that's weird, right? <laughs> yeah, Carter Automotive Group, Grios Garage, Haggerty, Let's Drive Together, Salvo Design, and York Real Estate. Now. Are we still, t- if we are Avance, are we sponsored by Avance? Sure. Okay, sure. <laughs> Survey says yes. <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah, and we are, we're not at Haggerty Garage and Social this evening. We are in a special location. We'll talk about that later in the show. We're hidden. We are hidden. It's, uh, it feels kind of This weird. one's not court mandated, though. It's true. It's, it's different, but yeah. Your ankle's beeping. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not supposed to be this far away from the car. Everybody knows that. <laughs> so... Yeah, as if you've listened to the last episode, you know that we have uh, transitioned to the Avance podcast, and we could not be happier. I will eventually be able to still find my Avance shirt where I am number. We found six. one. Number six. I will. I'm going to just steal Diver Dave's. I think that's the key. Is I just take Dave's. I'm going to have to lose some weight, and then I'll be able to fit in it. It'll be fine. And just wear it anyway. Okay. <laughs> Fat guy in a little coat. Just, yeah. Just wear it, man. Okay. You know. Done deal. Diver Dave, I'm coming for your shirt. <laughs> you've been warned. Yeah. Yeah. So this is good times. <laughs> you're, you're, stall- you're stalling me I, yeah i just it's weird i am so excited for this the the, the possibilities of what we're going to be doing with this and and taking podcasts to a new level so yeah i would say this is a good start to a new level and i'm not saying that because my new boss is staring at me and, and telling me what i can and cannot say now so <laughs> apparently now i have to wear a collar yeah the ink's bleeding off my hands so i'm just mm-hmm. gonna wing it from here on out Go for it. I'll stand behind you. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll jump into our somewhat normal routine. Yeah. The Carter Automotive Group Tip of the Week. This one uh, is inspired by the location we're at. And I was, as I was driving a few days ago, I saw a beautiful Alpha Quadrifolio, actually. Beautiful new one. And I was just, I love that car since they came out. It's a gorgeous car. And I love that cloverleaf. So, yeah. What does that mean? Right. Exactly. It's pretty. And I know it's a Quadrifolio. And I know it's a special Alpha. Okay. Obviously, but let's find out why. Makes it go faster. Sort of. Yeah. <laughs> you would actually, you know what? It might. No, I mean, it, it does designate a, a faster car, does it not? Yes, it does, okay. actually. So, as These the story the goes. These are questions I'm asking you to lead into what you want to say, Dan. Yes, you're doing Play very good. Play the game like we've done this 200 <laughs> and some times before, please. Okay. <laughs> so, as the story goes, when Ferrari was hired by the Alfa Romeo brand, he brought in his favorite brainstorming partner, Ugo Savocci. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but somebody will correct me later if I need to. If they need to. Well, he began on making things faster, uh, more aerodynamic vehicles, things like that. The factory testing racing team at Alfa Romeo included Savocci, Ferrari, two other drivers, Campari, and Ascari. And they were doing pretty good, except for Savocci. He was not doing that great. And so of the four race testing drivers, Savocci earned the fewest victories. After becoming so fed up with never having Lady Fortune on his side, he added a four-leaf clover to the vehicle's exterior. Soon after putting the Clover onto his racing vehicle, Savocci won the 23 Targa Florio race, and it was said that his source of good luck came from his eye-catching symbol, which was very easy to see. Fair. Double win there. Got a nice symbol. Everybody can look at his car and say, ooh, we know who that is. So, yeah. So, good luck. Mid-Easter Spectre speaking his car. Dusty Rose early 1900s. Wins all around. So, to this day, we still see the link between Alpha's racing history on the Quadrifolio models with the sportiest performance. So, both a reference to the speed and the historical friendship between Ferrari and Savocci. 
So, so it started on a Ferrari? Uh, sort of. But you know what? We should introduce our guest say, I, because I'm, he probably but knows. No, but watching him squirm right now, I know. it was kind of fun. <laughs> That's why I made this tip of the week because I was like, I always wanted to know why. And uh, it just bled in perfectly. So our guest this week is Fred Russell. And of course, Fred Ooh, is Mr. Alpha. Mr. Ooh, alpha, Mr. Alpha. <laughs> literally president of the Alpha Club. Yes. And if... Fred, welcome to the show, first yes. of all. Ooh, thank you very much. Thank you're, you very you're much. You're the first guest on the Avant's podcast. Awesome. Yes. So, I, mean, we I should have a clover leaf on right now. You really, really should. should. For good luck. Yes. Yeah. So. And he's fast. He's okay. fast. <laughs> yeah. Let's not talk about that. Yep. Moving on. Yep. <laughs> Even I'm not falling for that one. So, okay. So, yep. Fred, give us your take on that. Tell us more. Yeah. So, you started out very well. You did that right. Savochi is was very important to that clover leaf. He did. A lot of people were very spiritual and very, you know, excited about all sorts of magic things going on back in those days. So, yes, four-leaf clover should have been his luck, and so it did help him on that first race, the Target Florio. The the rest of the team didn't buy it immediately. They were like, "Well, that's kind of cool, but there's more to it than that." So, lo and behold, um, he went through a couple more races where things did go well, but unfortunately, uh, the tragic side is that he was. Prepping a car for a race just a little while later, just a few months later. And unfortunately, during practice, he crashed and was killed. And so Voce was no more. But they noticed that he had not painted on the four-leaf clover on his car. And that was the first time he had not painted on his four-leaf clover during that practice. And so now the team was convinced. Now the team was, oh, my God. And so, yes, so they somebody all has painted to die on. For the, I mean, yeah, <laughs> but the, the trick is, is when he painted it, he painted it as a square. It was a square at an angle, but it was a square with the four-leaf clover in it. Okay. When After he died, they changed it to a triangle to represent the three remaining drivers that were left, the three sides of a triangle, and the four-leaf clover in the center honors Savochi and the, his belief that this brought luck. So from then on, Alfa Romeo applied that on all their race cars. That was the factory race car. And they applied it to the very top-of-the-line version of a car they were making, whether it's an old Spider, whether it's a, um, you know, the new Julia's, or whether it's Stelvio, the, the most powerful version that they were going to make for the street, for people. They called it the Quadrifolio. Now, you were talking about, th- this is when, when Enzo was running uh, Scuderia Ferrari, but they were running in uh, Alfa Romeo's, which I literally learned 15 minutes ago. Yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah, well, and actually, in, at this point when Savochi did this, it was actually when Enzo was still driving for Alfa Romeo. Just, oh. He was just one of the mini drivers. Okay. Uh, he hadn't taken over the Scuderia Ferrari team yet. Okay. That came a couple of years later. Okay. He still used that same quadrifolio he had same belief but uh <laughs> but it, but it never made its way over to the ferraris no okay no 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 alpha but kept that that's something iconic though those badges of course on the front the front fender badges with ferrari and alpha that's you know that oh yeah it's a special designation obviously i love those badges they're so pretty yeah yeah yep 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 no yeah. very fun car and yes but great question though to talk about savochi that is good because so many people see that on a car and go uh, isn't that like an Irish thing? And yes. Yeah. And that, so. that's what made me see it. And I was like, I've never actually looked into that. I mean, I know that is the sportier model of Alpha, but I have no idea in the history. So I looked it up and I was like, perfect. Perfect cool. for this episode. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So, Fred, tell us, how did you make your way from, I think, Oklahoma, I read. If I, is that right? Somebody's been drinking. No. No? I, I passed through Oklahoma. In fact, I did it at night. And <laughs> there was even a toll booth on the tollway thing. Are, are they looking I didn't for you pay. in Oklahoma or I something? I went. Like- <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm still running that's from so, Oklahoma. I was going to say that sounds a little <laughs> little fishy. Yeah, there. that's I mean, okay. Uh, so th- it, I maybe threw that out somewhere at one point to somebody mm. to try to kind of mislead them. But I got uh, it. No, I, I born here in Seattle area. And stayed here all my life. In a van down by the river. In a van down by the river. In an alpha down by the river. So, yeah, yeah. That should be a song right, right there. In an alpha down by the river? Yeah. I, that's, that's like Italy meets the south. Yeah. yeah. Well, They've you, done do that. We know spaghetti any? westerns. Oh, okay. Yeah, They've yeah. done that. There's we just no need spaghetti to find, in those westerns. We yeah. just need to find a country western person around here with a guitar. And they could play Garof. Garof. Garof would be perfect. Garof would be. Happy birthday, by the way, Garof. Happy birthday, Garof. Yes. Yeah. Speaking Aww. of that. Um, so, Fred, you, you obviously uh, did not grow up in Oklahoma. No. Uh, you've been through Oklahoma at night, of course. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> you, you were born and raised here in the uh, great Pacific Northwest? Indeed. Okay. Indeed. Uh, it was many years ago that I was born here. Many, many moons. Oh, my God. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Quite a few. <laughs> um, but the joy is is that I so far, I've been able to spend most of those years somehow ensconced in Alfa Romeos. Okay. So it made me a happy guy. I don't think it's the, the, the community. I don't think it's my family. It's the Alphas that did it. So I mean, and we've we've always kind of talked about this. Have, were you always a car person, like as a kid? I always use the example. Like, did you have a hundred Hot Wheels and and things like that? Well, you know, it's funny. I I was as a little kid, meaning three or four. I didn't care about cars. But my brother was foolish enough to buy Hot Wheels cars and Matchbox cars, mm-hmm. and he'd bring them home, or my family would buy them for him, and I, of course, would steal them from him. Yeah. And so that's how I got started in cars was stealing my brother's. You know, toys. And yeah, that's I, what I did. Grand, I still th- Grand do that. Theft Auto. Is exactly. What I'm okay. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I, 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 that was probably about age, say, eight when I really started getting into it. But if you look at Hot Wheels history, you'll realize that's when Hot Wheels came apart or came about. Yeah. As in 1968. Mm-hmm. And one of the coolest cars was the little Corvette because Corvettes changed body styles. Yep. And lo and behold, Hot Wheels came out with it before Chevy launched the Corvette. Yep. And I have that Corvette. I have that little Hot Wheels Corvette. It's a little red line sitting at home in my collection. Ooh, that's. I mean, I hate to tell you, but stealing somebody else's cars and taking care of them and driving them—that's never going to end up as a career for you. So, um, you know, taking care of somebody else's collection—that's weird. You so, should have told me that long. A time I'm sorry. Ago. It's just not going to work for you. Uh, <laughs> Man, what am I going to do with myself then? I don't know. You I can mean, work for Xerox. Yeah, you I could. could. <laughs> I could. I could. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, transition. Did you work for Xerox? Uh, not in Oklahoma. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, but I did. Copy that. I did. As a matter of fact. Wow. That was really good. Thank you. But thank you. Guys. <laughs> yeah. I wrote that one earlier today. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's the line. <laughs> no, man. Yeah. We're yeah. gonna lose a few sponsors if ah, we're not careful. Okay. They've been with us long enough to to know that Dan's the factor that keeps them here. So it's we're the good. editing. <laughs> so you you grew up in this area, obviously stealing Hot Wheels, yes. uh, a Grand Theft Auto at a young age, but. Uh, uh, how did you kind of end up in your career or, or what you were doing? Because you did you did work for Xerox, but through Microsoft, correct? Well, so I worked for Xerox and a few other printing companies. For 30 years, I had a career in the printing industry. So when I was at Xerox, Xerox hired me to take over the Microsoft Corporate Print Center and all the print devices on campus. And so for close to 10 years, I was over there That's managing a lot of that. devices. There's a lot of devices. <laughs> and there's people who it's were on the campus yeah. who broke a lot of machines. You know, they took their anger out at times, or frustrations out on print devices. Anybody want to raise a hand and show who did that? Hmm, yeah, I see a couple hands. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> we got like three, four, five Microsoft people in here right now. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so uh, during that 30-year career in the printing industry, I um, my, my private life was, I spent probably a couple of minutes raising my kids, but not much. They, thank God, turned out fine without my help. But... Uh, <laughs> I would, you know. I would spend time on car events. I'd be going to every little car event, and 
you know, and, and 25 or 30 years ago, I saw this Alfa Romeo. It was a 1932 Alfa Romeo at a show in Seattle. And I remember going, oh, my God, who brought that car? And they said, that guy over there, it's a, he's the president of Microsoft. And I start walking over there. and like, you can't talk to him. I go, I'm going to talk cars. Yeah. And that is the way I'm I I'm not asking I him that. for a job. Yeah. I'm yeah. yeah. his car. Yeah. It was at a car event. He's fair game. Sure. Yeah. So I, but I've done that all my whole life. I've just reached out to car people, car places. And every chance I got to travel, I'd say, hey, honey, I'm, I'm going to Europe or I'm going to such and such. I mean, I hate to say it, but I didn't take the family anywhere, but I, I did travel to a lot of cool places. <laughs> it's so, hard to put a family in a two-seater Alpha. I mean, yeah. it really is. It was just well, a logistics thing. Trump's I understand. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, that and my speeding ticket history kind of kept the wife from letting me have the kids in the car. So, I see how you uh, played that. Good job. Yeah. So that worked. Um, I learned that. It was a little trick Huck Finn taught me. That if you don't want to do something, you know, you find a way to irritate the people about it. And the next thing you know, they, oh, they don't ask you to do it. And lo and behold. Really? I think that works. So, so <laughs> oh, no, okay, honey, I got another speeding ticket. <laughs> honey, I got, uh, next thing you know, she's never asking you to take the kids yeah. to anywhere. And so, no, you, you, you have to also lose a few. The views times. expressed on this show do not. Do not <laughs> <laughs> um, where did your love for Alpha come from? Obviously, seeing that car in that parking lot, you had a, you had a love and a knowledge for the brand before that. Uh, yeah. You know, it's funny because as, as that eight-year-old kid, I, I liked all sorts of cars. Um, I started making, when I guess I start, started learning to write about that time, I think, because I uh, started making a list of my top 10 favorite cars. And on that list, there would always be an Alpha. You know, Lamborghini Miura might make it on there. There might be, I don't think too many Ford trucks made it on there, but there might have been a Ford truck on there. But anyway, I, I would always have a few cars. And each year, I would update that with the new cars that come out. But always an Alpha would be, be on there somewhere. And then in 1978, one of my friends uh, pulled up in front of my house and he was driving one of the cars on my list. It was the exact car. We're talking the color, everything. I was just out of my mind. I couldn't believe that car was off my list just sitting in front of my house. So he shows me the car. He tells me all about it. He's the same age as I am, and we're both 18 years old. And I'm like, man. So unfortunately, he had bought it to impress his girlfriend. And I think it worked because a couple months later, he calls me back and says, yeah, I got to sell the car. She's pregnant. I got to, yep. <laughs> and you know, so he's going to, you know, try to do the right thing and uh, whatever that is. And uh, so I, I go ahead and say, well, then let, I'm going to buy that car. I'm going to buy that. I don't know what I got to do. Yeah. But I, I had a bunch of trashy little cars. I had, uh, I, there's no British people listening, right? to your show because uh, <laughs> owners, so I owners had, are the real British uh, both yeah, yeah, both. Both, yeah, exactly. so I had to get rid of my trashy little Austin minis and my Austin America and things like that you know little cars like that that I knew I didn't need Who any longer drive a mini a Hillman <laughs> Manx or whatever in other words things like that that you just you just don't need any longer yeah and then uh, you get rid of all those cars oh and my Honda 600 sedans because I had by that time accumulated I think two of them and so <laughs> I got rid of all all but one car, and then by that and a credit card and savings account, I was able to buy that Alpha, and lo and behold, I was an Alpha owner. And some, suddenly, now that one of the 10 cars on my favorite list was now in my possession, uh, yeah, there was no looking back. From that point on, nothing else, everything else was cool, but nothing else made it to the top of the list. So it was, I, I mean, I had my hands on my on one of my favorite 10 cars. Sure. So from that point on, it's just been playing alphas, driving alphas, enjoying alphas. You know, it's love of the brand. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So there's worse bad habits. So 
Yeah. You guys want to talk about your bad habits? Lo- That's a long uh, show. Uh, Legally, I'm not allowed to right now. So, but <laughs> other than that, just yeah. check with your boss. My yeah, therapist exactly. doesn't need the competition. Yeah. Oh, this is yeah. more of a court ordered <laughs> thing, but uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, cease and desist, we'll yeah. call it. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So I have, you know, so pan- a passion for Alpha started then. I was absolutely hooked. And uh, th- throughout my marriage, I've always had two or three or four or five Alphas. I remember my wife walking out one time and looking in my driveway and going, why do we have to have three red with tan interior uh, GTV6s? I mean, they're all the exact same car. Because we don't have room for four, honey. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> it's like, what? You yeah. got your van? What are we? What's the problem? So you have a very understanding wife. So were you, like, were you like immediately in the Alpha Club at that point? Like, as no. soon as you had the car? No. How did that start? Because you're, you're the president of the Alpha Club. I am. But back then, I was kind of, I was a little, you know, fuss budget. I went out and I went to a couple of events and they guess they didn't embrace me. They didn't, you know, hug me and say, hey, thanks for joining or something. They just got like, you know, this knuckle head because i was a kid and most of them were much older than me yeah so honestly i didn't join the club for um, quite a few years 20 some years i joined in 1993 uh, finally and then i I immediately started being an officer in the club taking different roles and uh so i've always been one of the leadership team but it was a few years ago when they said why aren't you president and i said i don't know i don't drink enough i don't know but (laughs) but I oh, took of the club. Yeah, yeah okay, yeah. yeah, I got you. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So, uh, exactly. Yeah. That's a concern. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so I've uh, I've been president of the club, and, you know, for good or for bad, there's a few people that probably aren't thrilled with that and a few people that love it. But uh, that's how it works. As long as the guy in the mirror likes you. That's all that matters, right? Exactly. Right, and, I, and every once in a while, i got to remind him. Well, that's fine. So. I mean, that, that's your job. That's your job. I think I, I've, I've had similar experiences like that. Like when I first moved over here and I, would, I started hanging out with like the BMW guys, like, and it was the same way. It was like they didn't really want to let you in unless you really knew something. And I didn't join the club for a long time because I had some, well, again, restraining orders. But uh, <laughs> you can't be here. We told you twice. Things like that. Uh, you can't park on my lawn. Uh, but whatever. So, I mean, it's interesting. But uh, it seems like. The club that you have, it is now the Pacific North. What is the actual title? Is it the Pacific Northwest Alpha Club? Northwest. Northwest Northwest Alpha Alpha Romeo Club. Okay. It's much more prevalent now, obviously. And I mean, and and I feel like the social functions and things like that and and people get together. Was that like that back in the day? Like, were they they just drives or? Um, You know, it was funny. In the old days, um, it it was very sexist. So the women in the club did all the, there was like a little cooking party or a knitting party yeah. for the women in the club. And then all the men drove the cars. <laughs> and uh, it was really cute to read the old newsletters and see all this. And you're like, wow, can't do that today. That's weird. <laughs> you can't um, say that today but, either. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, they, uh, they, had, they did have a few drives. They had track events. They had some very aggressive track events. There weren't a lot of you know, car show type things, activities. I would say mostly they had a track div- you know, section of the gr- group and then they had the let's go on a drive and have a par- uh, party or a barbecue somewhere. <laughs> so over the years, uh, there was a number of, you know, great leaders in the club and very, very uh, active members. But I would say it sort of drifted into that. The, the track side became its almost its own entity within the club. And then the non-track side was the other half. And they rarely overlapped. Mm. Um, you see that pretty often in clubs, though. We have drivers who love to just 
road trip around and play in the mountains, and you have your, your track drivers. Yep. And often the track drivers will do a little of both, but they'll pick the track over that every time. Yep. And the non-track drivers just won't go to the track at all. Well, you know, and the trick is is trying to figure out how to get them to both come together. And yeah. we, and, and one of the things I like about uh, Avance is that there's so many people who are both. They're, they really love they, – they want to go to a track event. But you'll also see that same person on a, one of the drives or whatever. You see them at different events. So that's cool. And I think that's a lesson that all of us have learned in any car club if we pay attention. And I know the Alpha Club is doing a phenomenal job of that. Thanks to the president. And, uh, that is, that's course, true. Yeah, and, I mean, yeah. and where does he do it? He steals his ideas straight out of other people's clubs. Perfect. So, yeah. <laughs> I want stealing. It's creative borrowing. This is working. Oh. Let's do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. You know, it, it is funny because I've been, I, I don't know exactly how long, but I've been involved in Avance from pretty close to the beginning. Mm-hmm. And I've become a trusted advisor to our fearless Ooh. leader. And what's funny about that. I think that, we're proof that they'll hire anybody, it, just so we're that's clear. True, that's just, true, that's okay. yeah. true. Uh, you know, he sat down with me a couple of times. He'll say, hey, you know, Fred, what do you think? You know, what do you do? You know, oh, and he asked for my advice. And so far, I am batting a thousand. Everything I've told him to do, he has not done, and it's been successful. Everything <laughs> I told him not to do has been phenomenal. He is, he's, he's really been able to make something work, and he trusts me. So I, you know he's going to come to me in the future with more questions like that. To be fair, most people meet you and go, what do you do? But uh, yeah. so oh, that's fair. It's, yeah. it's hard to guess. It's hard to guess, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So no, it's all fun. Yeah. Let's take our first break. We come back. I do want to talk to you more about what you actually do as your day job oh. and what you did before that a little more too, because we didn't touch a whole lot on a lot of the other stuff you did at Microsoft. You weren't just working in copy there. So nope. we'll be right back after this break. We spend an average of eight hours and 41 minutes a day facing screens. Laptops, smartphones, tablets, even digital refrigerators. But what are we really connected to? Isn't it time you connected to something greater? Sometimes the best way to connect is to disconnect. This moment of escape was created by Haggerty for people who love cars. And we're back, and uh, let's roll back to Microsoft a little bit because Woo-hoo. after you're working well the copy center stuff and managing that massive project of toner hell i would imagine um <laughs> coming home with black hands all day yeah you went to um <laughs> that happened that i happened like to think sure. probably a lot more fun role <laughs> not directly after but and that was sourcing cars for our friends over at uh, forza yeah or turn 10 i should say turn turn 10 studios uh, was uh, they put a little ad out and looking for some foolish person to come in there and help join the team it was an entry-level position but I actually, you know, my finances, my life was in place where I could actually take a role that was just entry level, just for the fun of it. Yeah. And so I said, okay, cool. So I went and applied, and on my resume, I put down all these cool things I could do. Of course, you know, bragged a lot. And uh, lied like things, a rug. Well, like yeah. on references, for references, I put down some names of some pretty big, powerful people, like, uh, you know, President of Microsoft, or you know Greg Whitten, or something, you know some names that Never uh, they recognize, yeah. and yeah. they know they had cool cars, and they see this, and they see the phone number next to it. Like, is this serious? So they they had to call me in for no other reason, just to ask me, are these really the numbers for these people? And uh, so <laughs> we're I, not allowed to call them. Are you I, really know them? <laughs> uh, yeah. So I snickered and I said, yeah, yeah. So they said, well, come on, let's do an interview. So I went in and I, they did an interview. And I was like, I think it was like 15, 20 minutes worth of an interview. And then it was four people talking to me. And they were asking all sorts of crazy questions and stuff. Um, 
I didn't know the answers to everything, but I had already, the night before, I actually figured out, I better look at, what's Forza all about? <laughs> so I went to their website. Where and, am I going? Uh, what do they do? So Yeah, so I, I was looking and I realized, you know, some of the cars have flaws in them. I can just see them on the website. And so I, I every time they asked me a question I didn't know the answer to, I'd say, oh, you know, I don't know that. Just like you guys don't know that the blah, blah, blah. And I'd make some little comment about something they didn't know. And they'd like, wait, what? Yeah. So, well, yeah, that's all job you, interviews go well when you insult the person exactly. that's interviewing you. Yeah. That's what I thought. <laughs> so, <laughs> after about 15, 20 minutes of this, and a couple of those coming out of my pocket, uh, they, uh, uh, they then kind of broke the interview, and those four people left, and then pretty much they changed with another group of yeah, people. Yeah, they used to do that. And uh, then they started asking questions again, and again, a few more times, questions came up that I didn't know the answer to. But I did that same little pull it out of my pocket and tell them a little, ah, what about you? Yeah. <laughs> um, so it worked because at the end of that, um, the guy that was going to do the hiring uh, walked me all the way out to my car. And he goes, okay, yeah, we're not going to hire you. Not for that role. That was a researcher role. And uh, that'd be stupid to put you in that role. You, your skill set is, uh, yeah, that's not the fit. So we're going to find something. We're going to write a new job description. And then we're going to put you in that. I said, okay, whatever that means. And, if you want. Yeah, and yeah. so I went ahead and went home and it took a couple of weeks and they called me and said, okay, here's the job. And uh, I was like, whatever, that's fine. I'll take it. And it became the car sourcing guy to help. They already have one guy on staff um, and a few other people would go out and just look in the parking lots for cool cars. I was like, no, no, no. If you want a car, you want the coolest, the very coolest version of that car. And you got to find it wherever it is in the world and go get it. And the other guy was doing the best he could at doing that, and he'd done a good job, but I had far larger reach because of all those stupid people that I'd track down and bug, tap on the shoulder, <laughs> and say, hey, cool car. And I had no had no idea who they were, but yeah. no, they were somebody important. Was this before like Forza 1? Before, no, or? I was all the way up. Forza 3 had just come out, okay. and uh, so they hired me. That's what I did the commercial for. And um, the... Uh, so, so they then, were desperate, huh? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. So Forza 4 was still, that'd be two years apart because yeah. 3 had just come out. So it's now you know early in, whatever it was, February or March. Um, they bring me in. And I remember at one point somebody said, yeah, you're in trouble. They just changed the tagline on the game to be the car is king. And I'm like, oh, yeah, well. And they said, yeah, well, you got to make sure it is. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. So, I mean, no I pressure. did my best yeah. to make the cars um, and to find the right cars, to travel to the cars. And my favorite was right in the very beginning, they turned to me and they said, okay, well, there's there's, an, there's a car we, we want. We've been looking for it for like three years. And uh, we we hope you can find it. And I go, sure, whatever it is, tell me. He said, well, it's an Alfa Romeo. And I said, please, if it's an <laughs> Alfa and I cannot find it, hell hath frozen over. over yeah. yeah. So I go, okay. So what alpha do you want? And they said, oh, the alpha 33 Stradale. I said, <laughs> oh. I said, well, let's see. There's nine of them. Um, one's in the museum. Oh, we don't want the one in the museum. It's unique. Uh, we, we want one of the other ones. They're, yeah, it's different from all the rest. And I go, okay, okay. So it gave me a quest. Um, that was on a Thursday. So 30 minutes later. Uh, it took me a little longer than 30 minutes. <laughs> there was I traffic. Loved it. It's pre-COVID. Um, <laughs> I actually found it by Saturday. I uh, talked to the owner and said, yes, could I come back and photograph it and get it, gather all the uh, details? And he said, yes. So by the time I could come in Monday, I was like, hey, got it. Oh, and by the way, he's got a massive car collection. So while we're there, we're going to get the Alpha TC2 and the uh, Ferrari 250 LM and maybe a few other things. And they're like, what? <laughs> it took them three years so, to not be able. Okay. Yeah. So I, I, 
I mean, it really is my sweet spot. It really was. I mean, I, I, I just was a nosy guy that would go find out who owned whatever. And so it, it was very fun. And so I, they suddenly changed their tune and go, okay, maybe he can do some of this. Were you so. working with the car companies as well to, to source these cars, or were you just finding private cars? Mostly private cars. Okay. Um, the car companies don't typically have very many. They, you know, they'll have a few in their collection, in their heritage side. Right. So you were sourcing so, vintage cars. You weren't sourcing necessarily the newer cars. New cars, we had enough arrangements. We had okay. people, whether it was licensing team or managers, okay. who could reach out to Ford or Chrysler or Ferrari or anybody, get a brand yeah. new car. So the only time I would help on new cars would be when they're – they may want the car photoed, so I'd, I'd travel to AMG and photograph three cars for, at AMG, and then, there you go, here's your three cars, and they put them in the game. Sweet. Sounds like a horrible job. Uh, it was a horrible job. Yeah. It was a horrible job, having to travel the world. The, the trick is, is that in, in a different era, being gone 250 to 260 days a year might be a bad thing, but, yeah, it wasn't for me right then. And I had a ph- phenomenally... Nice uh, girlfriend who was very accepting of that. I mean, I would call her from Europe or I would you know, come home every once in a while for a couple of days and then go back. So she, got, she was very forgiving and letting me get away with that. Maybe okay. she just likes me gone. I don't know. <laughs> so I'd like to hear her side of the story. So I had uh, this boyfriend that would your, leave all the time. <laughs> so, you know, we can get a hold of her. I got my phone right here. Yeah. <laughs> so you've obviously established yourself as a pretty trusted advisor, and uh, that kind of played out more into the first Avance magazine, where the first marquee, you basically wrote the uh, small encyclopedia on Alpha. Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that he was, had a meeting with us, too, when he started Avance, so I know how that went. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. I, I told Adam he should do an article on, on Porsches, and next thing you know, I'm doing an article on Alphas. There so you go. You can see how this goes. But, uh, no, I, it, was, it was so cute. I write this article, <laughs> and I write, I, I write very encyclopedic. I'm, okay, on this day we did this. And, and so I get it done, and I send it off, and Adam gets back to me and goes, yeah, thanks for that article. Um, yeah, <laughs> next week chance, when I get through it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, could you make, a, make it a little more warm and fuzzy? I'm like, what? <laughs> What are you talking about? Alphas are warm and fuzzy. And he's like, no, Fred, come on. A little more personality in there. <laughs> okay, fine. I'll rewrite it. And I think there was about six rewrites by the time I was done. Because, I mean, I was getting the advice that Fred, encyclopedic is not, it's just not going to sell. <laughs> so We're not writing the owner's manual. Okay, I have to ask. Do you ridicule the alpha page? Uh, the, Wiki- the Wikipedia page. Yeah, Do you go through. I've, yeah, I, was, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have no shame. But it's not just the Alpha page. I He's have problems back with and a number forth of and sucking his thumb right now. Huh? Yeah, <laughs> definitely, definitely. Yeah, there is a few Wikipedia pages. In fact, there's one about a boat I used to have, and this article it talks about the boat. What? And I will sometimes correct it and say, "No, that's not true. This is the truth." And then they say, "Cite your 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 expertise or cite like your me. Your, I owned and it." And I'm like. I don't know. I sailed it for five years. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. And yeah, now, of course, they just delete my, my input. And, of course, it goes back to the incorrect info. Uh, uh, trusted so. source. Obviously, they can cite the incorrect info. Yes, they certainly can, apparently. <laughs> oh, well. Yeah. So. And some, you lose some. <laughs> that, that, that's one of the joys of Wikipedia. It's entertaining because it's so nice to have quick information. You just can't believe 100% of it. Yeah. And you know the Alpha, Alfa Romeo P3 that I absolutely love, one of my favorite cars on the planet, that won the 1935 German Grand Prix. You read the, the Wikipedia page, and it talks about the thing having a 3.8-liter motor. It's like, no, it has a 3.2-liter motor. 
But I just get tired of correcting him, and then <laughs> he goes back to 3.8 because there's somebody louder than me that says it's 3.8. So I was like, never mind. Forget it. Send a selfie with it. Yeah. Hey, it's, it's just the car. <laughs> Here it is. Here it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's how it is. So how did this all play out to you managing a collection? Because that's what you do now. Yeah, you know, which is pretty freaking cool. That's what he does. I oh. do. Oh. It is a Jeez. weird thing. You know, yeah. there, there's, it's a weird little click in this world. There's some weird people that actually manage car collections for their owners. So if a person has only five cars, they may not want a full time person doing it. But if you have a dozen cars, if you have thirty cars, if you have two hundred cars, you might need uh, somebody to help you know manage it. And each person's got a different expectation. And so this collection that I manage. Uh, had somebody working. It had been working it for many years. And I'd known from the very beginning, known him from the beginning. So I visited with him and come by. And at least once a year, I'd stop by and tap him on the shoulder and say, dude, is is this the year you retire? And then he, of course, <laughs> would laugh at me and tell me to get out. And then the three or four times of that, he kind of stopped laughing and started telling me just to get out. Um, <laughs> but shockingly, Sounds I familiar. never stopped. Yeah. And after quite a few years, uh, I tapped him on the shoulder one time and said the same dang thing and expected the same response and it didn't happen. He's, he goes, yeah, actually it is. I go, wait, wait what? <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, he told me he's going to tell the boss that I'm interested. And I said, don't worry, I'll talk to the boss. <laughs> <laughs> he instantly reached out to the, you know, the boss and said, yeah, I'm interested in this uh, role. So he asked me to come by and I, we'd set a time at, you know, like one o'clock in the afternoon on a Thursday or whatever. And I show up at about 1230 and he goes, oh, you're early. And I said, don't get, don't get used to that. <laughs> that ain't my style. Yeah. <laughs> but the trick is I figured out that it isn't my style when I'm in the printing business. It isn't my style when I'm doing a lot of other things because those, maybe I don't always want to be there, so I just come late. But when I want to be here, yeah, I'm here early. And uh, so I, he could get used to it now. So I, yeah, I met with him and uh, went over the requirements of the job and uh yeah, surprisingly, I get paid to do what I would love to do in my retirement. So, yeah. Let, let's talk about what a job like that entails, like when, you, when you're managing a collection. Because I think a lot of people say, oh, are you organizing and being washed? Are you taking it to, the, you know, to repair? What does what is your job entail? Yeah, it's funny because a lot of people do assume that I must be a really good mechanic. Yeah. And I'm like, I look at these hands and I'm thinking, there's no way these hands can work on a car. Sure, I could change the oil. I could change the few wheels and tires, but. Yeah, most other things, no, no, no. <laughs> There's better, more skilled people. So each collector will have their own expectations of what they want out of a, out of a you know, a, a employee. So in my case, he wants somebody to make sure the space that they're in is always kept up to date, up clean and perfect. There's uh, trophies that he wants them to be displayed properly. Things will change. He wants that to change. So there's all this peripheral stuff around it, but fifty percent of my job is to take the cars out and drive them, and make sure that they are working perfectly, that they're happy and healthy, that they get warmed up, they get exercised, and if anything's wrong, I make note of it. And then if it's an urgent thing, I then have somebody come fix it. They'll come pick up the car, take it to a specialty shop, fix the thing. And the key is that he, the owner wants to know that every time he wants a car, it's ready to go, yeah. and he can jump in it. And so. I might not prioritize if there's a squeak coming from the heater fan, but I guarantee you I will prioritize it if the car is pulling hard to the right every time you touch the brakes. So you prioritize, you get the things fixed, and you make sure it's working, 
Secondarily, if there's car events, I take the cars to car events, whether it's something I want to go to or whether it's something he wants me to go to. Um, so Pebble Beach, he may put the car on the lawn down on on the grass at Pebble, but if he has a car having to go at Casa Ferrari, well, then he'll say, hey, Fred, can you take the one to Casa Ferrari? I'll take the one to Pebble. And we just reach an agreement as to which cars we're going to do and when and when and how. You're still not going to suffer. You're still going to be driving something no. incredible around Monterey. Oh, there's yeah. problems. Though. There's downsides. Oh, oh really? trust me, oh, there's okay. downsides. Yeah. I mean, I used to get frequent flyer miles. Oh, okay. <laughs> mm, not anymore. No, I'm stuck on a private plane. Oh. And that's, there's only like one flight attendant. I mean, that's just not right. Um, <laughs> one bathroom, one flight attendant. If I had known that, yeah. I would have probably asked for more money. Well, um, so you live and you learn. Yeah, so. I mean, it's it's what it is. So that's my role is to basically do it. So it does include cleaning the cars because every time I drive them, I get them dirty. So yeah. I bring the car back and I don't want to go out and pay somebody to come in and clean it when I like to clean it. I actually like cleaning the cars. The problem is, is that sometimes I don't... Uh, yeah, I'm not as good as some of the other guys are cleaning. So uh, there are times I'll bring somebody in to really do a great detailing on a car. Well, especially if it's going for a show, that makes sense. Yep. Yep, I, yep, yep. I equate your job a lot to sort of managing a rolling art collection, which is really what it is with the same level of value. And so before people think about somebody just going in and driving cars out of a garage like in and out every day, that is not the case here. These are Ooh. extremely fine-tuned automobiles with very, very proprietary parts that are irreplaceable. You know, it's funny because, the, and each one has its own personality or the methodology to start it. And uh-huh. I remember when I first started, um, I had cheat notes that I was like, okay, how do I start this? Okay, this switch. Then, I mean, I was worried about every little thing I had to set. Well, of course, now it's all, you know, brainless. I just go out and do it on each car and I know them. And so that's what he wants out of a person is somebody to know the car intimately so that way you know if there's something not quite right about it. That's a new sound. Uh, that's, so, a, that's a new squeak. Yeah, yeah this is a normal and this is not a normal. You know, And you have to know those things. Especially with older vehicles because it's like, is it a rough idle that it barely runs normal? Because a lot of the times it is. Yeah, that's, that's how it works. <laughs> yeah. So no, it's, it's part of the joy of this. And so most of the cars in this collection happen to be older. Some of them are worth just buckets of money and it's so funny i remember i was taking one of the cars i was driving out in the snoqualmie valley because i use the backcountry roads just to exercise the cars and i pulled the car up next to this fence that had these uh, horses by it and i thought it might be a cute picture so i jump out with my camera and as i'm taking the picture these two ladies ride by on their bicycles and they look over at the ferrari sitting there and they go nice car and they keep going and i thought to myself well I'm glad they appreciate it, but they have no clue what they're what looking they just at. Yeah, exactly. at yeah. Because th- what they just looked at was worth more than the farm that, that was in. And in fact, all the other the farms. Whole valley. Yeah, both the whole up valley, down yeah. that valley. And so it just sometimes it makes you smile. I've done the same thing with a, one of the cars I parked in front of my house one time and ran in. And as I came back out, I snickered and said, yeah, this car's worth more than in the entire neighborhood. In fact, even that school over there. And that, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's just kind of funny how that works. But it is, the, the cars are, each one has its personality and you just, it needs to be driven. So you just go out and enjoy that car for what it is. So. Do you have a favorite car to drive in the collection? And is it different than your favorite car to look at in the collection? Ooh, Ooh, tricky question. Um, man, does he always ask that tough a question? If a train leaves New York going 45... No, <laughs> see, I yeah. think that'd be yes. <laughs> yes, okay. I have cars uh, I love to look at but hate to drive. The Countach is a perfect example. Oh, it's one of the worst cars example. I've ever driven, but it's one of my favorite cars ever made. Well, you know, the problem is is that uh, I absolutely love 
one car in particular, and it's what's that car I mentioned earlier in this, the 1932 Alfa Romeo. Yeah. Because it's in this collection, and I get to drive it, and yeah. I just love that thing. But I love it because of the sound. I love it because of the feel. I love it because it's so different. It's It's got a center gas pedal. It's got... Uh, you're sitting on the wrong side in the car. There's no roof on the thing, so you nothing obstructs your vision. And it's so unique. It, you cannot drive that anywhere without people going, oh, my gosh, what is that? And uh, the fact that it also says Alfa Romeo. Yeah. Oh, yeah, baby. Um, <laughs> I will how mention, long he stalked that guy in that car for this. I mean, he saw that yeah. at a car show when he was young, and now he he has it here. I mean. But you know, here's the thing. Everybody knows. Everybody knows Chrissy from the uh, from Avance. Never I mean, heard who of her. Would, who would not know Chrissy? Yes. So uh, a little handsy at times. Yeah. She's okay. A, she's, <laughs> she's a character. But the problem with Chrissy is that she underestimates me. One problem. So she decided. <laughs> yes, Fred. I'll ride with you. So last June <laughs> oh, we go on a this. drive, and we chose the hottest oh, day of the gosh. year, the hottest day in history. Uh huh. So we're doing this drive. And I was Kate, driving behind you not too far, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was a warm yeah. day. And you had air conditioning in your car. And, and gas. Yeah. Oh, man. And gas. <laughs> so well, the moral of the story is, uh, yeah, there's no air conditioning, and it's a hot day. And then the firewall is like thin aluminum. So we're talking all the heat from the car, all the heat from the air. This thing is just blistering. We're sweating in this thing. I tell Chrissy, I said, you got to... You got to reach down every once in a while. If you see me pass out from the heat and the car bursts into flames, hit that red button right there. That's the fire extinguisher system. <laughs> and she's not sure whether she should take me serious or not. You're like and both. So it was, you know, it's just part of the fun. Um, but we 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 survived the drive. The car never burst into flames. Fred, you were redder than the car when we got to that warm? destination. Oh, it was that I amazing. Mean, it was a really really warm yeah, day. Like it was. All, several of us were like. Do we need to like put him in a cold shower kind of thing? So yeah, uh, yeah. you know, you and I have spent time in cold shower before. Well, that was, that, a was different, different. that was a different situation. That's I mean, a different you know, show. Again, so. again, yeah. Statue but, limitations, Fred. Oh, we talked yeah. about this. Okay. okay, yeah. Matching prison tattoos. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but they're not where they what you, where they you think they'd be or what you think they'd be. <laughs> oh, I mean, his is definitely Alfa Romeo themed, but oh, yeah. yeah. I went with the four-leaf clover, but it actually got a little crazy. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. The, yep. The nice thing is, ironically, is that, it makes him faster. <laughs> you know, it's like when you you put that on the car; it adds, right? adds speed, just uh-huh. like an Avant sticker goes on. And it this adds isn't power. my fault. He started it. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> so that that car that car is probably the one I I really enjoy driving. I just thrilled to drive it. But, you know, the thing is, is I'm not the nervous driving that car. In fact, I'm not nervous that any of the cars here except pretty much one car. I can guess probably that one, maybe. No. No? You might be surprised. I would say that or the transporter. It's, it's the Fiat Abarth. <laughs> the, 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 the 500 Abarth. The 500 Abarth, yeah. No, no. Believe it or not, the car I'm most nervous about is a, there's a 67 Jag uh, XKE. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, XKE because it's in this country, E type if it's in the UK. Right. So you yes. can make sure everybody's clear on that. Um, anyway, it's SKE <laughs> um, because this car is all original, never been oh. restored, never been damaged, never been anything. And it looks really very good. I mean, it's not quite showroom, but it's dang good. That car, I'm nervous because I go, you know, since 1967, nobody has been stupid enough to hit it on anything. <laughs> and yet, if I do, I'm the first. And, and, and they're like going to the, know you did it, yeah. Oh, you yeah. know they will. Yeah, exactly. So that one, that one has me the most nervous of all cars. Um, so I can drive the cars that are worth, you know, 
um, more than even Adam has in his wallet. We're talking lots of money. Seven dollars? Yes. And yet these cars Plus the, the value. Cheese coupon? Uh, oh, okay, okay. That, that doesn't work anymore. That's oh. expired. Oh, I'm sorry. But the uh, that's why you carry the value of the car doesn't do it. It's the it's just the the, yeah, it, I can see the rarity of that car and the fact that it's the original windshield in the car. You can see the laminate starting to oh, get a little man. bit aged, and you're like, this is cool. But you just don't want to be the guy that actually dings it. Did you did you originally have that pucker factor when you came into the collection and you started to drive these cars? You know, the oh, opportunities. I I think a little bit, yeah, I was. But you you quickly realize that it, each car, when you learn its personality, you learn what makes it go. And every once in a while, you make a little mistake. You get a you trust that the 1949 brakes are as good as the <laughs> 2012 brakes or something. No, they're not. They're not those, at all. <laughs> they're not even close. And you realize, oh, baby, baby, baby. <laughs> and then you suddenly go, okay, don't do that again. Lesson learned. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the thing is, I do learn my lessons when it comes to cars. Now, in life, no. But in cars, I learn my lessons. Honesty. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Obviously, the, some of the cars in this collection are gorgeous. And, and, and like you said, the value is above there. But once you come past that, okay, I've driven it. I've done it. I know I know how to drive it, like you said. You know, I know, how to, I know when to brake. I know when to shift. It's a car at the end of the day, and you're, it is meant to be enjoyed. It, like Dan said, it is rolling art. But yes. Yeah, but if yeah. you don't drive them, it's, yeah. they just go. And I think that's down. what a lot of people don't realize, and that's one of the key things about your job is the fact that if these cars were, were parked in here and then left and cleaned, they would de- deteriorate. Away. They'd yep. be brought away. I mean. Well, and, you know, one time the boss came in, and uh, I'm up on the man lift up at the top changing some light bulbs in one of the lights, and he goes, what are you doing? And I said, changing light bulbs. And he goes, don't we have electricians on staff to do that? And I go, if it doesn't work after I change the light bulb, I'll call the electrician. Yeah. He goes, if you got time to change light bulbs, you got time to drive a car. Get off the lift, go drive a car. I'm like, okay. So I, I it helped reinforce That's the best punishment the in the world. Yeah. yeah. So I drove the car. And, and I don't just drive the old cars. I mean, I do drive. I go through all of them, the new cars. And I am nice. I take care of the family member cars as well. If yeah. It doesn't have to be a real exciting car. I just. I care about cars. I yeah. care about people. So. Passion of automobiles. Exactly. We so. should build a car club around that. That would we'll be a good a thing. Yeah. It's okay. almost yeah. like you should drive everything. Oh, yeah. Oh, we should yeah. put that on the back of a shirt. Wow, mm-hmm. that'd be cool. I think so. Where would yeah. I get one of those? You wouldn't. Oh, man. <laughs> Not in my closet. <laughs> so, yeah. Do you have any bad stories you can share from driving cars? Even not from the collection. But, like, I mean, we've all had our lessons learned, especially when I was young. Um, I have had some... Uh, yeah, I, how long is the show? As long as you uh, want it. Oh, Lord, I can go for the next three hours. Um, <laughs> so uh, the most recent things are just speeding tickets. I don't crash cars. I just tend to just get speeding tickets. Um, so, you know, some of my favorites were, you know, many years ago, back when the speed limit was still 55 miles an hour. Just helps to show how old I am. I was driving my first Alpha, coming back from Vancouver, B.C., coming through the uh, Mount Vernon area. Yeah. And... Uh, there was a car in the left lane, and I was obviously in the left lane because I was driving quickly, and I flashed my high beams at him to get out of the way. I'm going <laughs> to go by. And uh, so I go rolling by him, and as I went by, I see this reflection on the door. It apparently had this silver thing on the door that said oh. State Patrol or something. <laughs> and I could tell that he was a little upset with me because his headlights he's were like, aiming really? at the sky. <laughs> you know, he's stomped on the gas. I went by him at about 115 miles an hour, and uh, I... I'm, I see him and coming after me, so I go, oh, that wasn't good. So I pull onto the shoulder, and I come to stop. He pulls up, and he says, uh, yeah, 
from your way you pulled over, should I assume you know what you did wrong? I said, oh, could it be speeding? And he says, yeah. So we, I get all my paperwork. You know better than admitting I, that. I just, I just making a guess, though. Uh, besides, I was young. The answer is, <laughs> so, are you here to sell me tickets to the policeman's ball? Apparently, <laughs> yes. that wouldn't work. He okay. said that wouldn't work. Okay. He just told me right up front. Uh, so I actually had me come back to his car and sit in his car oh. as he was going to write me this you know, seventeen-page ticket. Did you get bracelets? I didn't. Oh, that's good. Um, Amazingly, if you'll sense, I could talk a little bit. So I chatted with him about all sorts of things, (laughs) everything from the pin on his collar to what their governor was doing to the state patrol. I mean, I just did every angle until finally he said, "Stop, stop, get out of the car, slow down." (laughs) If I give you a warning, will you shut up and get out of my car? And I go, "Okay." Okay. Yeah. And so he starts to write the warning, and he says, man, I don't even know how fast you were going. I said, oh, would it help if I told you I was going 115? And what, he goes, what is wrong and with Because I'm being honest. I mean, he had been nice to me. So I say, would it help if I was doing, tell you I was doing 115? And he goes, wow, that's pushing your luck. I said, I, I'm sorry. And he goes, okay, as we leave here, will you promise to do me a favor and not speed in my jurisdiction? I said, how far is your jurisdiction? <laughs> he goes, Arlington. And I said, okay, I can do that. Yeah. I need the facts. So we yeah. pulled out. We went up to about 70 to 75, which bear in mind, it was still 55 at that point. I rolled along, and he sat behind me at 70, 75 until we got there. And then he gets off. He flickers his lights off and on for a second, like to wave goodbye. And he gets off the exit to go away. So I step up the speed, and I keep going. And if you guys know that southbound Interstate 5, right before Marysville. On the yeah, on 116th Street, there's the State Patrol office. There is. And there's a dip <laughs> in the road right there. And they love coming out and yes, hiding in that do. dip. Well, of course, that night, there was a state patrolman hiding in that dip. Yeah. And I'm coming into it at about 85 miles an hour. <laughs> I just met your friend. And uh, <laughs> unfortunately, I'm like, oh, baby, I'm in trouble now. And I see his lights come on, and I go by him, and he pulls out, and he pulls into the first lane, pulls into the second lane, the one I'm in. And I'm going, okay, that's it. So I signal, and I pull to the right. He rolls right on by me, pulls up behind the car I was about to pass, and lights him up. <laughs> And I'm like, no, excuse me, sir. That's me. It was me. And I'm trying to get his attention, but it just didn't hurt, help. He, How, he I just gave out the ticket. <laughs> I got to get you know, all of them on a first-name basis. I tell you, it was pretty funny. You so, and Sean uh, McDonough should never go for a drive. I'm just saying. Really? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sean. <in> Canada. <laughs> yeah. Oh, don't worry. I've had my share of Canada stops, a uh, couple of those. Up Were there. you not welcome back in Canada? I had wasn't. a little problem in yeah. Canada. I actually got three black flags next to my name at the border, mm. and I think... I think Osama bin Laden only ever raised it to two, two? black okay, flags, well, that's, so you know. I was beyond him. Uh, but no, they, I did have to negotiate to get that fixed. But uh, uh, so I now can get into Canada. But I try to. It's a lovely uh, to, place. It is. They're very nice up there. there they, is. The policeman who wrote me a ticket up there for 125 was actually very nice about it and apologized. But he said, I still got to give you the ticket. Those and guys so ride like, horses. How did you get them pulled over? I mean, come <laughs> Sympathy, <laughs> once yeah, again. Yeah. You know, when you just stop and you wait. Um, it was kilometers. It wasn't going that fast. It was, it was funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. So I've had some fun. I've had countless other interactions. You know, the thing is, is as I've gotten older, I get out of more of those tickets. However, I did get another 100 and whatever it was ticket in Oregon. And Oregon's easy to do that. 
Yeah, well, I was going through Eugene. It was right in downtown Eugene, and, and unfortunately, <laughs> apparently, the state patrol not where didn't I was like thinking, that. but okay. <laughs> uh, and so the but they were really polite, really nice. Gave me the ticket and let me go. And then I, I you know, I checked that box that says uh, um, mitigation, you know, yeah. and, and whatever that means. And uh, I get a call from the magistrate because I've had to pay the fine. It was like fifteen hundred dollars for this ticket. Yeah, they're fat tickets down yes, there. Yes, they are. They yeah. apparently think I got money to burn. So. <laughs> I go ahead and I've written the check and mailed it off, but I checked the box saying, hey, I'd like to discuss this. Yeah. So I get a phone call from this uh, magistrate, and she says, so uh, I'm curious, um, what uh, exactly do you want to talk about? I said, well, I want to know, you know, is there any kind of consideration you can give me on this ticket? And she goes, um, so were you doing 112 or whatever the ticket was for? And I said, yeah, yeah, I was. But but still, there's more to it. The situation she goes, well, okay, let me make sure I'm clear on something. Did they take your car at the time and seize your car? I said, no. Uh, did they take your license? No. Did they arrest you? No. She goes, sounds like you've got some consideration already. <laughs> I go, yeah, well, I was talking about the $1,500 portion of this. <laughs> yeah. And she goes, yeah, well, as a matter of fact, I don't think you got enough of a penalty. Um, I'm not going to raise the price, but I'm going to take your ticket, your license for 60 days. And I, I need you to bring your license in and turn it in. For, I said, hold on. Are you talking about Oregon, right? And she goes, well, yes. I said, well, I'm in Washington. There's no chance I'm bringing you my license. And uh, he said, because you you can suspend my license in Oregon, but not in Washington. Also, I'm canceling that check. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, I should have said yeah, that. I yeah. didn't think of that. <laughs> sure, uh, sure so I'll send you a new check. Yeah, I yeah. had to call the boss and say, yeah, um, bad news. Um, yeah, I just uh, a little bad story, kind of crazy. But anyway, uh, my, my license is suspended in Oregon. And he goes, you have an Oregon license? I said, no which is kind of part of the funny part. And he goes, okay, it's not my business unless it gets lost or gets, you know, taken from you in Washington. Yeah. He goes, if that happens, call me. I'm like, okay. So I have slowed down. I have been a very good guy. I think it took me another couple of weeks before I got a ticket for 96 in Washington. <laughs> but it was... Your speeding's not the problem. Your honesty is your problem. Yeah. Yeah, that... It didn't help that I was in a, a line of cars. Yeah. But uh, so we all got tickets. They all matched, uh, Lordy. Oh, I've been there. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we've been real close there. there. So yeah. we tell everybody Oregon has some of the best roads. If you go to the east side of the state, oh, yes. the east side of Oregon has some of the best driving roads in the country, yeah. let alone in the Pacific Northwest. Some of the best out there. So good yeah. you can lose half your group. And two of them can get tickets. Oh, two in excess of thousand dollars. I was in a fire, actually. Oh, wow. I got pulled over in the middle of a burning forest fire. <laughs> and they still gave you the ticket. Not us. Oh, we got away. I mean, oh. most people would have said I'm speeding to get away from the fire, but no. Well, I, I've got one. I just got one more speeding ticket for you. Okay. This one is funny because I was driving. And the well, other the, ones the, weren't. The Jag. No, the other ones weren't. <laughs> this one is. So, so the Jag. I'm driving the Jag. You know, and I've already told you I'm nervous about the Jag. So yeah. I was being careful. I was doing probably about 80 miles an hour on 520, coming past Marymore Park. Right. Hi, Cameron. It's all. It's all clear. We can all see what we're doing. <laughs> And I look in the mirror, and I see a white SUV following me. And he's a ways back. And I'm thinking, it's probably a state patrol, but, but I don't know. Well, well, I'll let if he comes up here and wants to talk to me, well, that's fine. I'll slow down. So I keep going. I start rolling up the hill. As we know, that road goes up the hill toward Microsoft. And by that time, he caught, caught up to me. Pulls in behind me and lights me up. So I pull onto the shoulder. He comes up to the passenger side of the Jag, and he says, yeah, excuse me, sir. I, uh, I got to say that was a little too fast. I need your license, paperwork, and everything. And I give it all to him. 
And uh, but before you like we my walks, Oregon license, <laughs> I, I I was looking for that, but I said, oh, yeah. that's right, yeah, I lost. I don't that. have that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, so I I say to him, uh, I go, yeah, you know, here it all is, and I'm, I'm not arguing anything. We haven't discussed anything really either. And then he turns to me and says, uh, look, he goes, uh, I'm sorry, but I I know these things are fun to drive. I don't blame you to want to speed, but he goes, that was just a bit too fast. And uh, he goes, my uncle has three Porsches in the garage. And as soon as he says that, I interrupt him. And I go, oh, stop right there. We know two things about you. And he goes, what? We know two things about me? And I go, yeah, we know two things about you. He goes, what do we possibly know about me? I go, well, we know that you're a really nice guy because you cover for your crazy uncle for being deficient, obviously, with his three Porsches in the garage. <laughs> and, you know, I'm just trying to be funny, and I'm going to throw this little thing out. And so he, I make this little comment about the Porsches, and he's staring at me, and I said, we also know you're an extremely nice guy um, uh, outside of your uncle. And he goes, and why would you think that? And I go, well, because I've got a friend with a dark blue Porsche 912 total junk car. And uh, he was driving across the 520 bridge one stormy, stormy night, and his power completely cut out. We're talking zero electricity, so no hazard lights, no flashing, you know, four lights, uh, four-way lights. He's just, he's do- done in the middle of this bridge, and it's dark, and it's raining, and he knows the next car coming across the bridge is going to hit him and destroy his car, and it's midnight or thereabouts. And lo and behold, they said he got out of his car and he ran a little ways up the bridge looking back at the next car coming, thinking, it's going to hit my car, it's going to hit my car. Well, that next car slowed down, and as it got to his car, turned on flashing lights, and it turned out to be a state patrol car driven by you. And he goes, uh, yeah, I do remember that. It was like six months earlier, and he goes, I do remember that. I also distinctly remember that you were not there. I said, you're right, I wasn't. But you told him the story about your crazy uncle and the three Porsches in the garage. And I said, you know, I can't remember my kids' birth dates or their middle names or anything, but I can tell you what, I remember car stories. <laughs> and so he told me about that. And he goes, wow. <laughs> okay. I said, so thank you very much for you taking care of You talk a him. lot, sir. <laughs> he, handed, <laughs> he handed back my license and registration <laughs> and paperwork and says, just drive slower. Yeah. And he smiled and off, off I went. And I got out of that ticket all because I remembered the three Porsches in the garage story. That's, really so, good. Nick, that's wow. funny. Yeah. It's funny. We know a lot of the local law enforcement in Redmond and in the state patrol in the area. Yep. And they know all the car guys in the area. Yep. Whether it's not from pulling them over, it's either from Exotics or Redmond Town Center. The Driver's Club license plate Sometimes frames. Sometimes it's from pulling them over. Pulling yeah. A lot of yeah, times it's from pulling them yeah. over. But it's funny because we hear about, it's a small car community and we hear about it all the time. Especially yep. in the law enforcement community is just as small as the car community. Oh, they yeah. They all talk to each other. So if exactly. somebody pulls over a, I don't know, white LaFerrari, we hear about it. Yep. <laughs> Things exactly. like that. Well, I mean, the most infamous story we know in the car community, as far as 520 Bridge, is whoever had that M6, M6 and yeah. was going across the bridge, and they couldn't catch him, but they timed him, <laughs> and that's Ooh. how they figured out how fast he was going, so, yeah. Yeah. Like 160 or something, yeah. I don't know what it was. It's so yeah. sad that this conversation has devolved into the gutter of devolved. speeding tickets. I mean, <laughs> look at us, man. If we're anything, we're teaching here. people what to do when you're pulled over. Yeah, be well, nice, be honest. Be nice, be honest. Treat the, the, the cop's talking. doing his job. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The other, I've never denied. I mean, when I get pulled over, I don't deny. I don't tell them what I'm doing or what speed I'm doing, but I never deny that I'm out having fun. Yeah, I mean, I'm always polite and cheerful. So, I mean, besides, what's the worst case scenario? I'm going to get a ticket, uh, maybe get a license taken away. Yeah, I realized uh, I haven't asked you what you're driving now. So I have a couple of Alphas. 
I assumed that. Yeah, I have a, <laughs> one of the new Alpha Julias, uh, but I also not not the Quadrifoglio. I just have the Julia Sport Ti. Mine's a 2017, the first year. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so I've had it for seventy something thousand miles on it now. Hmm. I also have a 1979 Alfa Romeo Sport sedan. It's a little black four door sedan that I kind of love, but suddenly it made me kind of scratch my head thinking I've got. I've got two Alphas, and I got eight Alpha doors. I mean, they're all they're all four door cars. It's like, what the hell is this all about? So I don't know how it happened that it, most people think of an Alpha, they think of a little sp- sports yeah. car, and yet I'm driving around in four door sedans. But I have those, and uh, I don't know. I've had a number of Alphas over the years, but other all my other cars I've sold because I have interesting cars to drive. I was going to say, does this sort of numb the need? Had you looked at me and said, like, I have a 1984 Corolla that I drive to work, I'd be like, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know. Uh, You'd see me driving the Prius in the left lane at 57 miles an hour. (laughs) (laughs) That's not me. That's not me. Published on left lane Prius. You going the speed limit? (laughs) Never. Uh, Yeah. Actually, it's happened a couple times, but it's been really rare, and I usually call somebody when it happens. Getting up to the speed limit? We all get stuck behind a school bus occasionally. Yeah, it does happen. (laughs) That's fair. Think of the children. I led an Alpha drive to Colorado and back last summer and as we were going through Montana I set the cruise control for 100, 103 and uh, at one point we see the state patrol go by the other direction and they're staring at us as we're staring at them it took about 15 minutes before I looked in the mirror and I saw three or four state patrol coming up and they pulled our whole group over as a as a group mm-hmm. he comes up to the window and he says uh, we got you on radar at 93 miles an hour and I said bullshit I mean, sorry, did you bleep that? Uh, yeah. But I said, no, that's not true. <laughs> uh-uh. uh, and and uh, I said, that's not true. And he said, no, no, we did. Oh, and I God. said, no, you didn't. Oh, my God. Uh, but I said, hey, you know, how's your day going? And we chatted. We're, and he's like, no, we got you speeding. What's the hurry? And I said, we're not in a hurry. We're just driving. And we're in Montana. <laughs> so Exactly. And uh, so then he says, well, I'm going to go talk to the other people in your group because obviously you're the leader of the group. And you got like eight cars or something, seven or eight cars in a group. And uh, I said, well, if you, to anybody, you should give a ticket to that car in front. I pointed to this one blue Alpha that was there, and I said, That's, those people deserve a ticket, if anybody. Not me, because I wasn't doing 93. And he kept coming back and saying, well, the problem is, is that I knew it wasn't 93 because I had it at 103. 103. Yeah, I know. And coincidentally, I'd used my phone just a moment earlier to shoot a picture of the dashboard <laughs> with the cruise control showing the 103. And so I was you like, were doing I, 93. Have, I have no, my uh, evidence. <laughs> I have my evidence, but I wasn't going to pull that out until he got me to court. Fair. So I, because uh, again, I didn't ever say the Wait, speed. were you planning to go to court and be like, I wasn't doing 93, I was doing 103, exactly. therefore the that, ticket see, is wrong? See, that's what I was going to oh, do. Oh, yeah. You do not have a career in law. What? That wouldn't work? <laughs> so... Yeah, well, they I, can luckily, the penalty. Remember Oregon? <laughs> I didn't have to actually go to court on this one because eventually they enjoyed the conversation. They talked to us on all the different cars, and it was funny because everybody else in my group did point the finger at me and say we were just following him. And so uh, he comes back up and says, "All right, so we're going to let you off, but we're going to want you guys to drive slower." I said, "All right." Uh, we're only going another twenty minutes on the interstate, and then we're going to get him back roads again. He says, "That's fine, just." Get off of my interstate. I said, okay. And so sure enough, we did. We did we, no tickets over and back. That was the closest we got. Yeah. I'm like, surprised they even pulled you over, honestly. It's not that fast out it's, there. It's uh, it's Montana, yeah. I think what they got was a phone call or two from somebody who was irritated no. by all of a sudden this line of cars. Boom, 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 go They're by. only going 103 in the left lane and we can't yeah. pass. That's, <laughs> that's Montana when I drive through. Exactly. Exactly. 
So very fun. Snitches get stitches. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, but no cars. Cars are fun. There. I mean, some are slow. We have some cars in the collection that you can barely go over fifty miles an hour. You take an MGTC out for a drive. It's a a wonderful car to drive, but you just don't expect to go fast. You just have yeah. to enjoy going slow. The uh, you know the, the even the Jags and some of those things they they drive great. They're phenomenal cars. You just don't expect monster speed out of them. Um, the McLaren, a little different. The Porsche's a little different. Right. So <laughs> is is everything in the collection? Can you drive it on the street? Is it street legal? It's funny. Is everything is street legal legal except the uh, Lotus uh, race car and the oh, yeah, Alpha race car? <laughs> yeah. But everything else, oh, and the Lister uh, race car. But everything else can drive on the street and yeah. and I and does. Um, so, yeah, I don't care what how old it is. I don't care what it is. It yeah, goes out. So. What, what do you do for the race cars? Do you take the, do you do you, uh, you take them out and, and run them as well? I mean, not on the street, but are there um, situations where you uh, to keep those running? So the the Alfa Romeo race car, the P three, does not go out because it needs a special gas in it. it needs methanol, and mm. you ha- it's a little too dangerous to be messing with it and putting it in the car and leaving it in the car. So no, once it gets done at the track, it's drained, and before it goes to the next event, it's going to go back on the dyno, get all tuned up and be happy. So ignore that one; it doesn't go out. The Lotus, on the other hand, just uses regular, uh, you know, high high octane gas. So that one, yes, it can be started and run, and I just drive it on the streets right here by my yeah, you know, building, and we have enough room to actually. Drive it. It's the challenge of driving. It's not the issue. Getting in and out of it is the issue because I'm not as skinny as I used to be, not as young as I used to be. So it takes me like 15 minutes to get in. So you can imagine <laughs> the temper tantrum I have if I got in and it doesn't start. Because now it's going to take me another 15 to 20 to get back out, and I need to take a vacation. So that's fair. So I typically pre-start that and just warm it up out here just standing next to it with a little stick on the throttle and go, okay, yeah, good, now shut it back off. <laughs> then I climb back in it and it takes me my time and then I take it out. But everything else, shockingly, start. we have a Lamborghini Mura down here that is, you, you put the key in, you turn that thing to on and it starts instantly. Inst- it scares me it starts so fast and so easy. Hmm. So, oh, that sorry, well easily. My mom's not listening. Uh, it should be so easily. Yeah. It's a well-tuned car for but, to do that. Yeah. <laughs> for a Mira. Yeah, exactly. So. I, I want to talk about something that you helped with LeMay, uh, organizing this, the Alpha Mayor oh, yeah. display. Can you give us a little bit of backstory on that, on how that happened? Um, so, many years ago, I, I talked to LeMay about the idea of an Alpha exhibit down there. And, of course, they kind of thought, well, this guy's crazy. You know, he he drinks alpha juice, and so they they smiled and were nice to me and let me go on my way. Um, but as uh, as we got, it was a couple more years had gone by. I think about four years ago, it came back up again, the topic. And I said, I mean, of course, I'm promoted. I want to do it because I love alphas. I figure everybody does. But uh, we talked about it, and as we were starting to get a little closer to it, and maybe when we're going to do it, maybe we'll do it after this or whatever. COVID showed up. And uh, so now the museum is closed down and they don't even have any customers, any visitors. And so while that's going on, we said, look, let's do this alpha display. Let's make sure it's something special, something cool, something very different. And hopefully we can promote this. this. And it used to be an easy talk track to get people down there when the museum opens back up. And uh, so we... We put the cars in there. We set up a display. I tried to do a, a range of history from as early as I could up to 
today. And I, we, we initially, when we were first talking about doing this, I was going to pull cars in from all over the country or even outside the country. But when after COVID was really the in the way, the budget was like gone. So we said, okay, what's the coolest thing we could come up with here locally? And to be honest, almost every single thing sitting there came from right in this you know area. I mean, no, but no, none of those cars are from more than what seventy miles, eighty miles away. And so, very great mix of cars, great history of the of the mark. Then the museum. Uh, you know, supported this whole scheme. Uh, we helped write the signage, and we worked together on writing what we put on the walls. They came up with the cool graphics for the walls. It was it was just a phenomenal partnership to be able to work with them and make that all happen. And uh, so it's been fun. I mean, so I've held like the opening day there was that June twenty fourth, that really hot day uh, last year. And we've uh, you know, ever since then we've had numerous little events there. Uh, I do a talk, a technical talk every month on something alpha related. Uh, I'm hoping that you guys will be down there because in March 19th, I'm going to do another one of those talks. It's called Women Drivers. In honor of uh, Women's History Month, we're doing uh, a bunch of t- a talk about all the women race drivers throughout history that may not have gotten all the notoriety they should have, but there's a lot of them were driving alphas in the early days. There's we're not going to stick with just alphas. We're going to branch out. We're talking about drag racers. People like Shirley Muldowney yeah. were phenomenal. There's a number of them. There's so many women that race in club racing or in uh, sports car racing. And there's even people like Tatiana were racing at uh, in the Indy race the other day. So we're talking, there's a lot of women that are out there that don't get a lot of notoriety. And you may go, yeah, but Tatiana was last place at that indie race. Yeah, but if you notice that her time is still only like one or one and a half seconds off from the leader per lap. So it's, yes, she may be in that group, the last car, but that's still phenomenally good to be out there racing. And yet, how much credit does she get? For yeah. that, she's still racing in the race. It doesn't matter. I mean, she's better than she, us. She, I, exactly. I didn't place in that race. I yeah, don't know. So, I mean, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So there is. Uh, there's a lot of great racers out there that are just as passionate and just as fast, and in some cases faster uh, than any of the people and guys that you know. So it's like let's celebrate that. So yep. we're going to be talking about that. And yeah, I get to mix in my alpha passion with, hey, so-and-so drove an alpha, you know. So it'll be good. You like alpha. Good. That's a surprise. I know. Isn't that funny? Yeah. Have, have I shown you my earlier. other tattoo? Yeah, got, no. I, yeah, I don't want to talk about that one either. <laughs> okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, it is fun. I mean, in the alpha club, uh, you know, I mentioned earlier the alpha club, you know, the old days they had the women uh, events, the, the knitting cl- uh, group or the, the cooking group or whatever. So the nice thing is that in our club we have – a number of women that are strong leaders, strong drivers that are very active in, you know, all sorts of events. Yeah. And so it's like, you just can't do that any longer. You have to just, everybody is a, a club member. And uh, I just think that's the way it should be. Avance sets that example. Uh, we're doing our best in the alpha club to set that example. And I mean, to me, it's just one of the things I like about the car world is everybody could be passionate about it. Male, female, tall, short, old, like me. <laughs> Young, well, I was going to look around. I couldn't find anybody young. No. <laughs> so. oh, <laughs> Michelle's going to come smack you. Oh, I love it. We so. do have a, 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 a speaking of, uh, Women's Off-Road Day is coming up too, and we'll be there for that. We're still deciding the menu. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Adam's in charge of that. Yeah, he? well, I mean, I ran the idea by him. He, it, it'll grow on him. It's fine. <laughs> so, yeah. I love we'll it. We'll see. Yeah. 
Well, Fred, it has been a ton of fun, and thank you so much for hosting all the Avance crew here. And this private collection is beautiful, and you do a great job managing it. Everywhere I look, I just want to ask a million questions. I could spend days here just picking your brain. It's a lot of fun for me every single day, and I get paid to be here. It's like, okay, yeah. How many days a week do you work? Five, six, seven? I don't care. I'm having a bad day. I'm going to go to work. i got to go in. Yeah, exactly. needs to be driven. I definitely won't be touching the lights anymore. Yeah, exactly. Who do I call for that? I don't care. Just don't touch them. Well, thank you for coming in. I think we covered a lot of the upcoming Avant stuff, right? Is there anything else we need to cover as far as? I don't know. We can bug Chrissy's brain on that, should we? Now the contractual obligations. No. <laughs> All right. Let's cover everything we've got coming up, just so we have a complete, comprehensive thing. Avance Tech Session with 425 Motorsports. Uh, that's the 12th. Avance Denver Tour at Ignite Performance. And then Avance Portland Ladies' Day at Porsche Beaverton, 130 to 330. And then let's see here. Uh, also, uh, Adam brought up, by the time this comes out, you probably should have the new uh, the new issue of Avance Magazine in your mailbox, and there will be a launch soon after that on March 19th at... Or, or, or March, there will be a launch soon after that on March 20th. <laughs> we'll get it right one of these times. It's almost like there's a calendar we can look at. This is why, this is why I didn't want to bring extra people in here. <laughs> <laughs> Peanut gallery. Yeah. All right. You don't have a British monkey on your shoulder. That has been, like, making comments the whole time. (laughs) It's okay. I needed to spend an extra day editing 30 minutes. (laughs) On the 20th, we have the Avance Magazine Volume 2, Issue 3, Launch Party, 11 to 2. We will be there for that. That's what I was talking about. Or somebody will be there for that. We'll be there. I'll be there. Fine. (laughs) That's over at our friends at uh, Motofish, and that's in Redmond. guys got to come check that out. Come say hi. And then, of course, the right before that, the 19th is the drive people were talking about. That is 11 to 7, uh, Avance Ladies' Day celebrating Women's History Month. And so it's, you can start your day at LeMay, and then there'll be the drive from there. Fred, hey, you'll be down there for that, I, won't you? I will be there. I'll not yeah. only give the talk, but I'm going to give a little private tour of just the Alpha portion of the museum. The rest of the museum, if you give me, if I give the tour, I just kind of lie all the way through. I just make it up as I go along. That's fair. But the alpha stuff, man, that, that'll be factual. You're like, that's American from the 50s. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. moving so on. If, you, if you're going to be at the lecture, bring up the Wikipedia page and make you know, make sure you fact check, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's Was not that a 3.8 or 3.2, <laughs> sir? I would love to see that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, as you mentioned earlier, the last thing, come see us at, we'll talk about this again, the Avance Ladies Off-Road Day. That'll sell out. Uh, that'll be packed top to bottom. We'll be there serving food. Because it's down the road from my house, and it makes it easy for me to do things. So, yeah. But that's over If you haven't fish. been arrested for stalking Michelle Mouton. <laughs> <laughs> that but may yeah. happen. Yeah, I, I don't know. know if I'd be that ashamed of that. I mean, it's, I'm not it's saying fair. So. <laughs> oh, I'd be a fanboy, too, so I'm ready. So I'm ready. <laughs> well, Fred, thank you so much for being our first guest on the Avance podcast. Uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, I know we've, uh, we've wanted to have you on the show for a long time, so... Well, you know, the thing that bothers me is that on this uh, show, I've noticed about a dozen people have been interviewed that have brought up the name Fred Russell. Oh, yeah. Um, and I was counting how, how do you long know we takes. bleep it out? Uh, no, not all of them. A couple of them made it through. I actually did a chart to see how many and then how long into the show before they actually say my name. Mm-hmm. It actually averages out to be about 21 minutes in that before the name Fred Russell comes up. With the the worst one being, I think, 50 minutes in. I was pretty upset about that one. I, I put that, that guy. Chrissy? He's not on. Uh, that's, that was not Chrissy. It was oh. somebody else. But it was, I'll tell you what, they're not He's on my serious. Christmas list. Um, 
Yeah, Peter Gleason, because he... Never, oh, heard, of yeah. never heard of him. Yeah. <laughs> never heard of him. Uh-huh. Yeah. He's got Shannon like a, Lowe, he's got he was Gantt 30 chart. minutes in. Yeah. I was like, what is this? <laughs> so, yeah. So, I, I I don't know. I was worried about it. That's, that's why a, I didn't mention their names until the very end. I don't know what you're talking about. That boom. was a totally different show. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> we, we weren't there for that. That's totally like different a, show. That sounds like a wonderful podcast some people should go back and listen to, but uh, we've never heard of it. This is uh, the first episode. Oh, Hence yeah. Hence the phrase I just said. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's right. That's <laughs> the right. The inaugural episode. But yeah, you, you uh, go yeah. ahead and you change could, that how you, you want to. edit that out then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The good news is this episode, your name came up like, what, three minutes in. So you're good. I think that's true. I think yeah, it is true. true. Yeah, we had to fact check Dan. I'll, so. I'll, st- I'll still create a graph and I'll see if I can chart it but please do I kind of <laughs> hope you do <laughs> I would post that yeah. <laughs> these are the times we met Fred Russell was mentioned and how many t- well, they'll do another line for how many times the word Alfa Romeo is used boom doom, doom, doom. four and a half years later <laughs> four score and seven years ago my I Alpha. was young <laughs> Okay. All right. I'm going right. to try this one more time, Fred. <laughs> We're keeping that in, but <laughs> for, the, for the inaugural episode of the Avance Podcast, as always, I'm Nick. I'm Dan. And don't just get there. Enjoy the drive. Hi, my name's Peter Gleason, and uh, I've got a Haggerty story for you. In 2017, with the it was the year of Isotta Fraschini's, the or as the Italians say, Isotta Fraschini, you know? So, and I was about to show what I call my pre-war piece of jewellery that had had a absolutely massive restoration before I acquired it and it was two owners from new and I was the third owner from 1928 and I'd spent you know best part of a year getting it ready for that special day and took it down to Monterey and on the Thursday on the Pebble Beach tour I drove it and within a very short period of time the car started overheating and steam was coming out and we stopped the car and basically underneath the car it looked like a a good old Starbucks latte the oil and water had mixed really really well so I knew I was in trouble I knew I wouldn't be showing on Sunday or I thought I wouldn't be showing on Sunday I called for assistance and the assistance then even though I'm a I moved here in 2005 and all my classic cars have always been insured with Haggerty in that period. So Haggerty do a great job down there helping all the people with, you know, any incidents they might have. So called uh, Ashley and um, uh, waited for a truck to arrive. Obviously, I knew I wouldn't be driving the car anymore. Ashley kept calling while I was waiting, make sure I was okay. The truck eventually got there. The guys picked up the car, took the car back to my hotel. And now we're still on the Thursday. Who knows what's going to happen on the Sunday? But obviously, I'm not going to be able to be judged or anything like that on the Thursday I mean I can't tell you how many times both Ashley and other people in Hagsey called checked I was okay what could they do what what couldn't they do eventually I called the powers that be at Pebble and said look this car can't be judged and they said no 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 we still want it on the lawn can you get someone to bring it there Saturday night you know when sort of no one's looking so I spoke to Ashley and we got the Haggerty people did that for me and placed it in exactly where it was going to go on the um, on the Sunday so although the car didn't get judged it was still able to be shown but Haggerty for for me having you know what was a first world disaster 
as, as much as they go. Haggerty literally were calling me every few hours, every day from that Thursday to Sunday, and even then afterwards, and asking if they could help. I mean, their, their customer service was exemplary. You know, it really was.